Welcome to the Naked Ambition Podcast, where we speak with the people who are making an impact in tech, innovation, and design all over the world. This show is brought to you by the team at Naked Ambition. We are a design-led innovation company, partnering with some of the world's smartest companies to help them solve complex challenges and design new futures. I'm your host, Fiona Triarca. live. So welcome everyone to the Naked Ambition podcast, where we speak with the people who are making an impact in tech, innovation and leadership all around the world. I am your host, Fiona Triarca. So on the show today, I am so super excited. This one has been a little while in the making to be joined by Kath Blackman, who is the CEO of Versa and an absolute trailblazer for all things digital and new ways of working. Welcome, Kath. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm just going to give a bit of an intro to Kath and also to Versa. So those of you who haven't heard of them, I'm sure many of you out there have, they are probably one of the world's leading digital transformation agencies that are powered by conversational AI. They specialise in the integration of conversational voice AI technologies to help create better conversations and experiences for their clients who are some of Australia, Australia's largest companies with an international presence as well. A few things about Kath and the team at Versa. They were actually Australia's first agency to operate a four-day work week and they kind of made that model more commonplace. Kath's spoken about it a lot here in Australia. They were named by Fast Company as one of the best workplaces for innovators globally. This is alongside enormous companies like Amazon, Salesforce and 3M. A couple of accolades for Kath as well, if we don't embarrass her too much. She had a massive year in 2020. Mm -hmm. So while many of us out there were like, what's happening in 2020? Kath was named Executive of the Year, CEO of the Year. She was a finalist for that. CEO Magazine's um, Media Exec of the Year, which she took out. B&T's Women and Media Awards. She was actually Woman of the Year, pretty impressive. And for the same group, the leading entrepreneur and founder. So congratulations on a massive year, Kath. Thank you very much. <laughs> it was all a little horrifying, but I felt very lucky to be recognised. And I'm just happy that the message has got out there. Mental health in the workplace is something I'm super passionate about and that those awards have done has given me a platform to talk about it in a broader context outside of our industry, which has been great. Amazing. It must have been like being the top film in an awards an Oscar season or something you just keep rolling them out I yeah love it. it was a bit I want to get into some of those topics actually because you do have some really strong views and some great examples as well of the sorts of things that you do around mental health and I know it was a big year for everyone but can we dive into this topic of conversational AI it's a massive one at the moment around big organizations across Australia, globally, and all the agencies talking about it as well. Can you tell us about some of the work you're doing in this space right now at Versa? Yeah, of course. Look, our journey with conversational AI started in 2017. So I had a year previously kind of, I go to South by Southwest every year, and I really saw this 
voice as a platform to communicate with brands kind of start to take hold in the US. And I realised that although there was no players in Australia, that we would be not far behind. If you looked at Netflix or some of Amazon itself, you know, it doesn't take much for Australians to kind of grab onto a technology and run with it. So in 2017, we started, we launched with Amazon and Google with Google Assistant and Amazon Alexa. And we built a lot of the original voice platforms that you kind of know. And and look, voice definitely hasn't been as fast to pick up, I think, in this market as it has been in, say, the US or Europe, um, which probably has as much to do with the fact that Amazon is actually catching up and that whole adding things to shopping lists and automatically doing is just a lot of the retailers haven't quite got onto that yet. But so we built a lot of that to start with. And what I realized at the end of that first wave, if you like, is that what we had was this super talented team of not voice engineers, but actual conversational engineers. So that ability to build a conversation, whether it's like via a bot or whether it's via voice, or whether it's live chat, for example, that was what we were good at. And so that's what we have spent the last two years doing and really honing our skill around that omni-channel. So at the moment, we're building for a brand in the US, we're building a, a text chat bot. So actually via just normal text on your phone, where a brand, this is a health and beauty brand, can have a conversation with a consumer and actually help them get through to that buy decision. So we do everything from that to WeChat to Messenger and then through whether it is voice on the the voice or websites and apps. And the most exciting thing by far that's happened to me in the last 12 months, and we've just talked about some of the awards, I realise, but we relaunched our website and we built something that had never, ever been built before anywhere in the world. And to be able to have that privilege of being able to do that and show people globally what was possible and what the future of web design could look like has been super exciting. So, and what we built was this website that you have a conversation on one side with the user and on the other side, the content is dynamically changing based on the conversation you're having with them. So imagine that from an e-commerce perspective, if you're a clothing brand, you're talking to them about, you know, what have you got coming up? What colours do you like? And on the right-hand side of the screen, they are seeing the products change and the clothing change based on the conversation they're having. And it's like, oh, what do you think of this? Yeah, I like it, but it doesn't look like it'd be great in my size. Okay, let me give you a cup. What size are you? Okay, let me give you another couple of options. So really kind of starting to get much closer to that concierge experience that you get in store. And that in 2020 was what was customers were demanding, right? Because they had to move out of the stores, but they still wanted to kind of replicate that high touch experience and yet they couldn't get hold of brands and so that's where we've fitted it as automation augmentation of customer we're doing heaps of customer care teamwork it's not about replacing people it's just augmenting so you don't have to sit on the phone for hours at a time Mm. 
Oh, there's so much more that we've done. I'd love to talk about this all day. We're going to get anyway, into it. We are going to get into go. it. I'm glad you've actually touched on your own website because I did see that a month ago. And I remember thinking, I think I was, it was like bedtime when you're doing that scroll where you go around and you're checking <laughs> in that loop yeah. that, you know, we all pretend we don't do, but we do. And I was looking and something popped up and I saw it and I went into it. I was like, oh my God, this is so walking the talk. You've actually converted your whole website. So explain a little bit more about what it now looks like because this is obviously mostly service-based business we're talking about digital consulting in the most part yeah so people go on and you kind of go what are you interested in Fiona what are you here for which I think is so cool and it's so beyond the kind of brochure sites I guess that you see so much in this space that's really what are you looking for and then dishing up the services based on what people say yeah so that was really what this all came from is walking the talk or whatever was really what I wanted to do I so believe in this as the new kind of way of designing websites that I really had to make sure that I had a platform that I could point to to say this is what I've been talking about I think that you, from the outside looking in, it's like, oh, that must have been so much fun, you know, breaking new ground. And in fact, it was awful. There were <laughs> literally tears from oh, all right, of us. Because it wasn't working? Because, or... no, because I had a, a team. We were originally a digital agency. We do, you know, we have some very, very good designers, UX people. I mean, you know this, strategists, plus front-end design. Um, we've got a big tech team, so we do a lot of front-end and back-end build. And when it came down to it, I thought that everyone believed in what I believed in, but it turns out there was a bit of trepidation about taking away, particularly taking away the traditional NAV. So I would constantly be coming back to have design reviews with my team. This is on our website. Mm. And they'd be like, oh, so we just like through uh, navigation and there is a secondary, you know, there was talk at one side. I remember this and they're going to kill me for telling you this, but they actually had this concept where it was like, look, we'll we'll give them your site, Kath, but if they don't like it, there'll be a button that says back to traditional. And it'll flip back to another site. And I was like, nope, that is not. And I understand in all seriousness that our website makes people feel uncomfortable. It is actually designed to make people feel uncomfortable. Mm. A lot of people might hate it. I don't care if people hate it. I don't care if it makes people uncomfortable. I don't care to a certain extent whether they get to what they're trying to get to. What I'm trying to do is to create discussion and also show what it could become it's not perfect but I can tell you the results have been amazing Mm. like absolutely incredible because we go in and ask the clients just one potential clients most of the time just this one question how can we help Mm. And then they tell us. So if they want to know, if they've seen me talk at a conference and they want to know more about the four-day week, for example, they can say, 
I'm just wanting to know more about Kath Blackham and the four-day week and we'll deliver that content for them. Mm. Or if they're wanting to hear because they know all about us and they just want to know, do you have case studies in e-commerce? Well, we'll give them case studies in e-commerce. So it has been a game changer from an SEO perspective because we've now got thousands of pages rather than because we're not constrained to a navigation, obviously. But more importantly than that, we have increased our traffic and they are going way deeper into our site. Mm-hmm. So, and it's just more interesting. Like, so if you search for, I'll use me as an example again, if you search for Kath Blackham, it says this is Kath's bio, but it also says in the chat, hey, Kath has written a couple of articles recently. Do you want me to show you some of those? Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, here's one on something that she wrote on digital transformation. And oh, by the way, she feels really passionately about the 10 tenets of the business. Do you want me to show you those? So you can really start influencing people but in a conversational way it's not like you don't have to use tickers or not that anyone uses tickers anymore I'm definitely showing my age but you know you don't have to put big things flashing you just because you're having that conversation and it's one-on-one it's not pushing information back they can at any stage say actually that's not what I want to find out I want to find out more about whether you do service design and we'll be the first to say, look, this is our approach to service time. We do it this, but we don't go here, but here's some of our partners or whatever it is. Like we really are able to get that insight that I would argue very, very few organisations are able to do online. So mm. sorry, off my soapbox, over to you. <laughs> You can see how passionate I am. You can see why there were tears. I'm laughing because I can so imagine that combo because it's. I can just think it'll be, okay, we get it. We get the vision. We're building it. But this is super risky. Yeah. This is our website. This is the first thing so many people are going to see. And if we lose them, are they coming back? So, and can we just have the fallback to the basic navigation for people who are hating the experience? Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, but if we do that, then they're just going against everything that we say we believe in about the power of this to actually replace. Yeah, like this is actually one question I want to get on. So this is a really good segue into that. So thinking about the possibilities of conversational AI, and you just said before, because I think most people when they think about this, whether it's, I know voice AI and conversational is slightly different, but most people think about just chatbots and replacing people, customer service people on the phone, for example. Mm. So this is more around like what other day-to-day services is this potentially going to replace in the next few years, things that you're really excited about or things that we sort of do day-to-day beyond what people understand. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I actually don't, and I'm very, very glad you asked this question because it's one that I get a lot. And I actually don't believe that I don't talk about automations. And when I define automation, that is a machine replacing a human being. So for me, it's not about that. Now, can you streamline, let's call it a contact center using automation? Yes, of course you can. It's just not what we're necessarily passionate about, where I actually think that the organisations generally will start using conversational AI 
for is more in an augmentation way. So Mm. augmenting their team to allow you to, so if you go and store, and we've actually been moving towards this for years now. CRMs actually were the beginnings of, and data was the beginning of all of this. So the single source of truth, understanding no matter where your user is, and you know more about this than any of us, Fiona, so I'm not going to tell you how to suck eggs. Like that whole service design of like, it doesn't matter whether you walk into a store or you're online or you're having a conversation with a bot or whatever it is, it's that one single source of truth. And I think what machines will be able to do much more effectively than humans is take all of that data from all of those in a nanosecond Mm. and listen to the conversation that the human being is having with the customer and say, hey, this person asked the same thing last year. Maybe this is a seasonal thing. Like, you know, they've just rung Pfizer and that's because they've got these itchy eyes and they want to know whether Pfizer have got a product to whether they think that their product. And so suddenly that's probably a terrible example as if you'd ring Pfizer. You'd hopefully <laughs> ring your doctor, not Pfizer. But, just top of uh, mind. Exactly. I'm like, that's very weird, Kath, but sure. Of course people would think to ring <laughs> Pfizer sick, to do that. Hang up. But call your doctor. <laughs> don't, don't call your doctor, don't call, call Pfizer. <laughs> but you get my meaning. So, know, so yeah. like Pfizer will then go, okay, so this has been happening three times. A machine can do that. Mm. They can do it because the CRM knows that. So it's about pulling in all of that data. And I think that that's the thing that we're working on. And then surfacing that in a conversational way and helping yep. humans answer the most basic question. So using a machine so that's like, hi, how can I help you? Oh, you want to go talk to someone about returning a piece of clothing. Great. No worries at all. Can you just give me your order number? Perfect. I've got your order number. I can see you um, in here. Amazing. Do you want me just to send you out? You know, I'm happy just to email you out a return form so you can send it to us. Oh, no, you've actually got a question. No worries. I'll just put you through to one of my human counterparts. Bang. That's augmentation. So that is a machine and a human working together to give amazing customer Mm. service. And for me, that is the future. So this whole machines are going to take over from humans thing is a very sci-fi, scary concept, but it's simply not going to happen. We as humans are the ones that code the machines. We're in charge. It's kind of like saying that my kids are going to end up, I'm going to get home tonight and they're going to be like, have taken over the house and I'm not going to be let into my own house. That's not how it works. Like we tell them what to do. (laughs) My children wouldn't even know how to, they wouldn't even be able to make a piece of toast hardly. And they are teenagers. So it's embarrassing. No, I know what you mean. Hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, it does. And I think it's, I think it'll be good to stay on this a little bit because it's this concept of augmentation and I completely understand it's like how do we actually equip and empower the people that are in that service role with the most information they have, the best quality data in order for them to provide the best service is essentially what we're talking about. Yeah. 
here. What have been, because you said, you know, 2017, you came back from South by Southwest, really pumped up. This is something we could do. It's really groundbreaking. What have been some of the biggest challenges for larger scale adoption across Australia or even the quality of this sort of technology? What are you sort of seeing as some of the blockers for the adoption here? people that think that they can do it themselves. So definitely. So, and I don't say that glibly. And I have all respect for people that we're a very specialist company that build conversations. We actually are copywriters. Like, so we're, we think of all the different ways that you could say something, that we think of all the different questions that that particular user could have. You can actually build a very bad bot experience, whether it's, and we'll talk a bit about digital people in a second, but whether it's a digital person or whether it's just a bot or whether it's a voice experience, you can do it very badly, very easily. And I think the thing that is holding back the entire sector, if you like, is that You know, I was talking to a very, very big company yesterday, um, one of Australia's largest companies, and lovely people, super smart, like I love them, but they have just been doing it themselves. And they're not conversational designers. Like my team were trained in the US. Like I sent them, flew them all to the US to be trained. And now we train in-house. It is actually a specific skill that you need to be able to do what we do. But you can go and get Zendesk and put it into your website and build your own. There's like a, almost like a WYSIWYG type thing. And those experiences are really bad. And how many times have you spoken to somebody? I'm sure you have. I certainly do every day of my working life. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's that bot like that. It's not Jetstar. I'm not picking on Jetstar because I actually think their bot's okay. But, you know, I was on Jetstar and I had this experience. It was terrible. I don't like bots. It's like, well, no, you don't like that bot. Mm. You don't like the bots that you've had an experience with. You haven't experienced maybe one of our bots before. Not all bots are created equal so that's one thing and the second thing is that I think people and it's this whole nobody puts baby in the corner kind of scenario for me is like putting a conversational experience in the bottom right hand corner and just making it FAQs is just missing the point completely of how that technology can be used to again augment Mm. the, the existing customer experience that you're creating and how amazing And there's all sorts of things. Actually, Michael Spiegel, who you and I both know because you introduced me to him, we've just done a pilot for state trustees, which has seen amazing results and where he's presenting tonight. But what was super interesting with them is they did have long wait times and there was a few issues that we were trying to address with their phone, uh, with their call centre, which was in-house. But one of the biggest problems that they had was people swearing at them. Mm-hmm. And actually the OH&S problem that that had created for them as a company because they're trying to protect their employees. And imagine if you and I had to put up, oh, well, I just can't imagine being sworn at all day. And people are not swearing as in like, I've, no, I'm, no, no. This I'm in New Zealand. I can swear with the rat. Yeah, yeah, but this is people this is very using bad group. language to really kind of like really get across their anger. And so what we've done is taken a chunk of users off the phones, which they love, we've put them on and we've hashed out all the swear words. And their employee satisfaction 
just for a tiny pilot has gone through the roof because people now can do their jobs without having to look at at words or listen to words. And when you're being told something, even though you know that that person has a mental health issue and has cognitive issues that mean that they they don't really mean it, that doesn't make it any easier for you. So that's what I'm super excited about at the moment. But like I said, I think... People trying to do it themselves is kind of the bane of our lives because we just want to grow the sector and that's hard when there's lots of bad experiences out there. And I think people misunderstanding what just thinking, oh, it's just an FAQ, that's all I can do and not understanding the true size of it. And you don't only have to look at the US. I mean, it is massive over there. We are so far behind here, which is exciting for us, but... Yeah. Frustrating at the same time. It's interesting, isn't it? And it's the same. There's so many comparisons to other forms of similar technology or things that we design for where it's being thought of as a feature of the overall customer experience rather than a central part of your CX strategy or designing with the conversational element at the very centre of what you're doing, as you've just said, and then thinking about how we build things out and around instead of out of the box bots that are just, yeah. and people talk about it like that in that way of like, oh, we could just do that via a bot, you know, we don't have to do that. And then that's exactly right. It starts to become something that's so diluted and they've almost got like backlash now. I think there's a bit Mm. of bot hate out <laughs> not a bit a lot yeah, people just don't think they work like because they don't yes. work if you do them badly yeah. so you you have to and to pick up on your point around being at the heart of cx yeah. i think for us we talk about we actually don't talk about bots or anything like that to start with our mm. whole thing is one conversation yeah multi-channel so we're all about the omni-channel so it doesn't matter where you are talking to your and that's why digital humans are really interesting which is what I said I would pick up on Mm. later because digital humans allow you to have in-store experiences with avatars where that you can actually recreate empathy I mean they can be online as well but the stats around how people are interacting with digital people is astounding. Yeah. Way better than just a bot alone. Can so we talk it, about this? Yeah, because I, I, mean, yeah. I think this, like, in e-commerce, because you touched on that before, it's just a no-brainer that's an amazing growth area for this. You think yeah. about, I mean, this is a mass generalisation, but 50% of the population being men, most of them hate that in-store experience of someone coming up most people, a lot of, and you know, a lot of people in general, let's not generalize too much, really hate that someone coming up to them, you know, how are you going today? You know, can I help you with anything? So having different channels, different service offerings and different channels is something that could be unbelievable and also doing it. Yeah. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, look, and I think that if you look at the red shirts in Bunnings and the blue shirts in Officeworks, it's that sort of experience that you can deliver in store and then pull that back into your using technology rather than people. And I'm not saying I love the red shirts and I don't know what I would do 
without the people so running around. But I, I don't know if you've been to Officeworks just recently, but it is really hard to find. When it's busy, you're like, right, you stay here. I'm going to, like, chase that person around. And then you're you're kind of, like, JB Hi-Fi is a classic. You kind of casually sit awkwardly looking like I'm not waiting and I'm not trying to push in on your conversation with the customer service person, but I don't want to leave here because the minute that you stop, everybody's going to be on that person. So I'm just going to sit very uncomfortably close to you so that he realizes that I'm next. And that's not a situation you want to be in, right? Yeah. Yeah. So imagine if you had an experience where there was a person you could talk to at the end of every hour. And you just talk normally like you would to the people in Bunnings or Officeworks or JB Hi-Fi or wherever it is, Mm. and you just tell them what you want and they say, oh, yeah, that's on aisle six. So if you go three down, about halfway down on the left, that's all you want to know, right? You just want to know where are the highlighters. My daughter needs the highlighters. Can you tell me where? Because it's like 9.55 TikTok, I need to get the highlighters back for her thing tomorrow. So that you don't want to spend a lot of time trying to find someone to talk about. You just want to get in and get out. And that's Mm. where I think that this technology. So for me, um, digital people. So we work with a company called Soul Machine who actually Mm. work, a fun fact about them is they actually work with Weta Studios who did Lord of the Rings. So their digital people, that's why we chose them as a partner, uh, they're a Kiwi firm. So not that I've got, I work with Kiwis and Aussies, I don't discriminate, but they are unbelievably clever at what they do. Mm. They've got this incredible, and it's not as expensive as you would think. Like if you get a digital person off the shelf, so you don't want to, you know, if you want uh, Fiona Taraka, like, original so it looks like you and talks like you that's going to cost you a million dollars but if you are happy just to have they've got lots of they worked with united nations last year to do a lot of covid work so they've so they've got all of these different personas and so Mm. you can say i want female i want this type of background you know from an ethnic background i want whatever it is, Mm. and then they will create that for you and give you a person that then comes in and has a conversation. And so what we do is the conversational part. They provide the actual person. And like I said, the data is incredible. And I think that that can work in store and out of store to create that connection again one conversation, mm. multiple ways. Like how do you, you really don't, these days of only ever going in store or only ever being online, I think that you want to be able to go between, you want them to know who you are, whether you're in store or out of store. So people have got these expectations these days that need machines mm. because as humans, we're not fast enough. If somebody says to you, oh, can I just put my name? I'm that person that I don't have store cards for anywhere because I just can't possibly, I I lose them and stuff. So they're like, oh, do you have a store card? And I'm like, no. Do you want one? And I'm that really unfriendly person. They go, no, I don't want one. Mm -hmm. But if I could just walk up to a digital human, have a conversation, maybe they face track and say, yeah, okay, cool. Hey, Kat, hey, you bought this or you were looking at this. Do you want to have a look at this in store? amazing because now that there's a reason rather than that whole loyalty thing like I know that you're just going to send me more emails so just don't 
sign yeah. me up. Yeah. And I'm just going to give you my Gmail address anyway that no one reads. So just let's not have that awkward conversation. So I think being smarter about it is where the opportunity for brands is. Which is where the consumer, I mean, as customers we are, where already people don't want to give away their data without some value return. That is the thing. We want to see some kind of, especially when it comes to any kind of purchasing experience, we want to understand that how are you going to use it? What am I going to get from that journey starting a bit earlier and starting in store with them recognizing that, you know, maybe you've been doing a price comparison before. Yeah. Looked at some of this. Here is what we've got. Here is what we don't have. Yeah. That's a really great example. I think we've spoken about there of that augmentation as well, but Mm. at an actual business level. Yeah. You know, here's a real human. Do you want to talk to a real human? They're only five meters away as well. So just stay put. Yeah, and I think that that's the whole, it's the same online and offline. Like if you want to, and JB, I'll go back to my JB Hi-Fi because I guess that's just my bugbear of trying to find someone to talk to. But if you really want to understand about the camera and you're just about to spend $1,200 on a camera or $3,000 on a camera, you probably are going to be happy to spend the time to wait for a human. Mm. And that human is probably going to be a bit more expensive than my 15-year-old daughter who doesn't know deadly squat about pretty much anything to do with cameras. So, but you want to speak to a human for that. If I just Mm. want to know I've just lost my AirPods and I want to know where they are in the store because those stores are just like there's so many specials and that it's hard to find something, then I don't need to speak to a human. Mm. I need to just get in and get out. And that's where that augmentation and helping with the simple things. But also, yeah, I mean, if you could just say, hey, if you want to speak to a human, just stay put and I'll get someone to come to you. How mm. amazing that you yeah. know that, oh, they're going to come to me next. I don't have to follow somebody around weirdly and they're going to send someone to me that actually has an expertise in what I'm here for, whether it's Apple products, cameras or tripods, they're going to send somebody to me rather than me having to try and find that person, which is always annoying. So true. It's all about customer service, really. Yeah, exactly. A massive opportunity. I mean, we've stayed really in the kind of the retail or even e-commerce space. I'm yeah. sure there are tons more applications, but I'm really interested to know, because I know you've always got an eye out for what's going on internationally. What excites you about what other organizations are doing? Is there anything that you've seen that you're like, oh my God, they're killing it? Who's like the gold standard organizationally, do you think? Oh God, that is such a good question. And it's so funny. If it was kind of in February last year, I'd be like, oh, there's this person and this person. But I feel like 2020 and the beginning (laughs) of 21 for me is like, oh, I just got to get my head down and kind of, I think that there's an organization called Media Monks who are an agency that do some amazing, just they're a, a digital agency, but huge. They were just recently that they had Martin Saman Sorrell invest in them and they're just exploding. So I think they're doing some exciting stuff. I actually think some of the other technologies coming into so some of these technologies coming together, but AR I think is really interesting. I'm really 
kind of excited to see what happens with that in terms of the retail experience. I think mm. um, really excited by what I'm seeing around airline in the US. They're very progressive when it comes to things like booking tickets and just yeah. making. I think UX just excites me, that whole user experience of I come in and I get there as fast as I can. They almost anticipating my every need. That Mm. to me is exciting. So American Airlines have been doing some awesome stuff in that space. There's some banks, Citibank do some awesome stuff in the, the US. But yeah, I wish I had... I'm sure that I'll get off this and I'll be like, oh, I can't believe I didn't talk about this. I totally should have talked about it. Yeah, but look, there is just so much in our space. There's so Mm. much innovation going. And I think it's just because the consumers are right there and they're ready. And I think that I get asked it a lot in Australia. I think conversational AI and conversational design, you're not trailblazing anymore. Like there is, it is very much part of what, corporates in particular are moving towards now and government we did most of the start of 2020 for us up until August was all government work building out massive conversational experiences to do things like check people out of isolation hotels automatically because there was no one to do that and it was there were so many of them every day that checked out at one time they just didn't have enough people to be able to do that so we did building out Uh, phone like uh, voice bots that allowed you to kind of understand well here's my symptoms should I go to get tested should I go to the hospital should I go to so building out lots of government so I think that it's kind of there in Australia I think voice you know and I hate to say this and it's a little slower than any of us thought it would be and it's such a shame because But I do believe that the car is the next frontier of that. Mm. And I think that when people realise how much a car... And we're all spending a bit more time. The one Those of us that are coming into the office is taking a bit more time. Like lots Mm. of people are driving, it's taking a bit of time. The car can be a real place of productivity. Mm. It's that place that, and you're a mum and I'm a mum and we don't get any time to ourselves. You and I have talked about that. And so having a place like a car where I'm sitting like being able to order school lunches and via voice, being able to check bank accounts, book in hairdressing appointments, check what time the doctor's appointment is for my daughter tomorrow, booking a a gym appointment, all of those things, Mm. suddenly if you can do all of that via voice, I think that we've got a, what we'll see in Australia is we might actually end up going quite deep in something like that. And I'm super excited by that, just as a human being, because I just want, I don't want to sit in a car or sit on the train and not do something. I'm that person that wants to be using every minute of every day and that is possible via voice Mm. I wouldn't necessarily make it a doctor's appointment if you're on the train I don't know if everybody needs to know your kind of inner workings of why you're going to the doctor but there are like we've built a bot for a doctor's call center so who works with lots of doctors and that's just simply to make change and update their appointments yeah because people are like oh I can't make that appointment can I and just being able to do that on the fly without having to speak to a human 
is massive. Yeah. Um, you can imagine in a doctor, think of all those doctor surgeries with all those, they're so busy, those people at reception. They're like, they've got people coming in, they're trying to ring people to give them their results, plus they've got people ringing on the phone. It's a crazy, so if we can help them in some way, I think it's helping everybody. So I'm excited. It might even be a, a text kind of SMS option as well. It's probably more sensible yep. for those ones where it's a bit more private. <laughs> exactly. <a> growth area. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, so good. <laughs> We're almost at the end, Kath, and I feel like we have only just begun. So this might have to be part one, part two, because like there's Kath for everyone listening, as I mentioned at the top does some really incredible things and has done with Versa when it comes to building an extraordinary culture, maintaining a culture, all of those things around people and also new ways of working. So I think that might be what we cover. Future of work. I'd love to talk about a future of work, like what's the new, how do people work remotely? And it's probably the thing that when I'm not thinking about work, that's mm. really what I'm just super interested to try and find a, a better way. I came out of COVID wanting to just do better and I didn't want to go backwards. I wanted to go forwards and I wanted to go forwards boldly. And so I would love to talk about some of that stuff because I think it's interesting just to talk Just you and I could, I'm sure, kind of riff off each other for a long time about just how to build those cultures when you don't, not everyone sitting side by side. Yeah. It's tough and it's a big topic. It is. <laughs> this has been such, thank you so much, Kath, for joining us on the Naked Ambition podcast this afternoon. It's been amazing talking to you about conversational AI and all the topics and all the possibilities around it. I hope this has inspired some people out there and some of our organisations and our listeners and community on what those possibilities might be and also, you know, Australia setting a really high standard for these exciting innovations. So thanks so much, Kath. No worries. Thank you for having me. It's been really enjoyable. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks.